Hey, y'all, I'm going to take a second to give a quick shout out to the official mortgage lender of the Hunt Lift podcast. That's Casey Burns of Prime Lending Mortgage. I've known Casey for 10 years and he's the only lender I use. I've used Casey to purchase two houses and the process has been seamless and easy each time. He's the heart of an educator and he truly cares about what's best for his clients. He specializes in VA loans, but can handle FHA, conventional investment loans as well. He's a true expert and specialist in his field, and there's no one I recommend more than Casey. You can contact Casey at casey.burns at primelending.com. Reach him by phone at 919-710-1864. You can also check out all his reviews at www.closewithcasey.com. Thanks, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hunt, Lift, Deep podcast. I'm Carter McKenzie, running host tonight with a couple familiar faces and a couple new ones. Evan, coming at us from North Carolina, had a fantastic turkey season. He's back again to talk about his culminating turkey experience tonight. What's going on, Evan? Not much, man. That was a that was a hell of an introduction compared to the last one on the tips episode we did. Well, I'm just trying to do what I can to make you happy, man. <laughs> I appreciate you, buddy. Happy to we be got, here. <laughs> yeah, man. We got Bobby coming at us from the great Northeast. What's going on, Bobby? What's going on? Uh, the energy level wasn't fully there, but it's all right. I'm not going to complain about that one. You know. Damn, always something with you people. <laughs> always something. We got to pick on you. <laughs> Seth you Rocky. You yeah. What do you? What do you mean, you people? <laughs> I I want you to do mine like a uh, announcer coming in. He's a six foot two sophomore. Five-star recruit. <laughs> coming in at six foot five, 295 pounds, Seth Rocky, coming from the western slopes of Colorado. Is that accurate? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Well, that's where I'm at now. But, yeah, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Pumped to hear about your western turkey hunting adventures. And we got Caleb. Caleb Peace coming at us from Oklahoma. What's going on, man? Just hanging out tonight. That's what I'm talking about. Happy to have you guys talk uh, talk turkeys, especially as turkey season's winding down for everybody. It's out here in Georgia. It's out out in Virginia. Slowing down. Evan's depressed. Got to wait a whole another year. Yeah, I've got a I've got a bunch of Conway Twitty and George Jones playing. I'm just drinking away my sorrows and cuddling my turkey fans and you know calling in my sleep until next yeah, spring listeners do everybody a favor and check in on evan shoot him a message make sure he's doing all right <laughs> yeah his face don't look good right now i, mean, I don't know he was a little pale and everything too. i was crying before y'all got on the podcast i got the hunting public going and i'm just re-watching all of the turkey tour from this year and i'm just crying myself to sleep that's why my girlfriend's not staying with me tonight she was like i can't be in the house with you so your, your girl left you for being too sad that's that's, <laughs> see, that's when you know things are getting real right there <laughs> That's odd because you had one of the best seasons of anybody I know. So yeah, and I'm super pumped. I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound like I'm bitching. I did have a great season. I'm just sad to see it go, man. It's just, it's it's so much fun, and I am 100 percent obsessed with it. And I hate to see it go. Yeah, this is probably the last iteration of this kind of turkey season series with everybody wanted down. So. You know, I'm going to shut my mouth because I have nothing to add. I uh, did not kill a, a Georgia Tom this year, um, and we're going to let you all kind of tell your stories and unpack them a little bit. So, uh, you know, Bobby, I've been dying to hear this story for the past week and a half. It's been oh, a minute. Man. I'm dying yeah, to hear this story. Fun. I was I, I was over the, mo- over the moon for you, man. I was, I was probably as stoked as you were. I was really excited on this trip because – 
I do it every year and I go with one of my really good friends and his dad. And it's just one of those times where you're just out in the woods. You got no cell service at all. Like, I mean, you might as well just leave your phone wherever the hell you want to leave it because it's not going to work. And it's just one of those trips that even if you don't come back harvesting a turkey, you still had the best four days up there in the mountains and you were just loving life. So I, I did take a lot of videos, some pictures. Uh, I do have to upload a lot still. Obviously, I uploaded the picture of the turkey because that was the most beautiful head I've ever seen with the colors in there. I, I, I couldn't believe how those colors popped out. Yeah, Bobby, I was uh, I was creeping on your socials there. And it um, that's a beautiful bird, man. I was, I was excited when Carter told me that you were coming on for this podcast to recap that story. I was pretty pumped to hear that one as well, man. I appreciate it, man, because I, I I have two full mounts here, and I, I mean their heads are painted; they're not really you know that color. And I'm like, wow! When I took that time, I was like, I can't believe his color is like this. Like he was one of the most beautiful birds I've seen in a very long time, and he was actually my biggest weight bird. Uh, not the biggest spurs, but definitely the biggest weight. He was uh, 23.9 pounds. So for Damn, me, that's that a, was uh, that's a big turkey, man. That's a big bird. That's actually yeah. like up in that area for PA. That was uh. That was pretty hefty for me. I, and I carried every bit of that back to the truck of 15 steps probably. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Well, set the stage for us. Kind of tell us about this hunt a little bit. Tell us about kind of your hunting conditions and then lay it out for us, man. How did it go down? I know you had some yeah. highs and lows. We definitely had some highs and lows and we had some upset, some anger. Uh, weather was not cooperating with us one bit. Uh, we had that big nor'easter was coming in and it rained like forest gump rain from the ground, from the side, from the top, from the left to right. And I mean, everything was wet. This is, it was one of those trips where rain was just everywhere. Uh, basically what we do is on this trip, we go up into the mountains. Uh, it's kind of on the border of PA, New York, Binghamton area, New York, right below there. And great area. Um, hunt out by a couple mountains, couple spots that my friend knows. And then we move, after a day or two, we moved to the, uh, it's called the lodge where a bunch of old timers there and great guys that, you know, that really know their stuff and really know their calls. And it's just funny to me because you don't realize that you're going up to a place that literally these guys will just go on, sit on a five gallon bucket with their call, barely touch their call. And just just masters of Turkey. And I'm like, how do these guys know it? And I learned two tips from them that I've never probably would have noticed the first two days, rainy junky last day that I had and put till noon was the day that I got my Turkey. And the reason why, two reasons why I think that I got it. One, I ditched the decoys because I felt like my decoys were actually not helping me in the sense of, uh, I had some jakes, I had some hens, but they weren't coming in close enough. So we kind of ditched them, punted them across the field, said, that's it enough with these little guys. And we went, we went with a different route. Third day was the sunny day, and we woke up in the morning, and I look at Brian, who's my mentor, and I said, Brian, you think today's the day? He goes, well, I sure shit hope so. He goes, but I guarantee you I think it's going to be that day. I go, why is that? He goes, you see at my bird feeder? I look. He goes, the gross beaks are there. I'm like, what the hell is a gross beak? I don't even know what that is. I'm like thinking. He goes, gross beaks come out when it's spring, and that's when you know it's turkey time. I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. You know, thinking he's crazy again, doing what he's doing. We get out there, and Brian's the, guy, Brian's the guy that taught me how to call, taught me how to do a lot of things, and he's been turkey hunting for years. His parents have owned the farms and everything. 
and we're sitting there, sitting back in the chair. And all week, I got to say, like we saw hens. I got videos of hens probably five yards in front. I could have backhand a hen if I wanted to. And it, I just couldn't believe how close they were getting in. And it's kind of annoying when you have a hen there and nothing follows them behind it because now you're trying to still, still not spook anything. And now you're just like, okay, bitch, leave. Like do something or leave. Like bring something in or go. So now we, uh, we got nothing going on. And I talked to my wife the morning of, and I said, you know what? She's big into manifestation and everything. So we're like, let's manifest this. We're sitting in the blind saying, we're going to get a turkey. We're going to get a turkey. 10 a.m. We're going to be back by that lodge. We're going to be gutting this turkey. It's it's happening. Like, we're good. We're going to get breakfast. We're talking about where we're going to get omelets and everything. Like, we're, we're ready. And the funniest part is now we're getting into our hunt, and I'm sitting there. I'm getting a little depressed again, not seeing much of anything, and like, oh, come on, man. It's getting close. I only got a couple hours left in the season. No gobbles, no sounds. All week, we couldn't hear a gobble back. I couldn't get a call to do anything. Then we're sitting there after our quick piss. We turn back in. We get in, situated again. And I see two crows. He goes, oh, watch this. Turkey's coming in. I go, from two crows up there? I'm like, okay, he's crazy. He's definitely off his meds again. I'm like, Brian, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can trust you anymore. So after two crows land in the tree, a hen pops out. I get ready. I get my gun up. And behind that, I'm getting excited. I look. It's another hen. I'm like, oh, come on. Not two hens again. I'm Now I'm depressed. Then all of a sudden, I didn't even get a chance for him to step out of the woods. I just saw that bright red head. I mean, that was the brightest head I've ever seen. And I just look and I'm like, oh, shit. So this is where it gets funnier now to me because we just got done taking a leak and I didn't get situated again. So I'm sitting there, my chair, I'm getting ready to line back and I'm in a ground blind, I should say. I am literally just leaning back on three legs in my chair. And getting ready to shoot. So I, I was like, this is this is where it's going to be right here. Dude, that's just like when I killed mine when I was with Perry at Evan's farm. I was taking a shit because I was like, this day's over. Uh, we're not going to see any birds. Like Evan has every single turkey in the county within 20 yards of him right now. This is ridiculous. I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Yeah, it's when you least expect it, of course. Oh, you know, yeah, dude. Like, I'd taken yeah. myself out of the game mentally. I was like, oh, I'm going to go flip a rock. And then... It freaking this <laughs> this turkey gobbles within 50, 60 yards, like enough to like feel it in your chest. And I'm like squatted against a tree. I'm like, oh, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me right now. This is ridiculous. Dude, that has been all three of my turkeys this year has been at moments where I was like, there's no way this is going to happen. <laughs> But I'm just going to stick it out because I've got time to hunt. And why not? You know what I mean? Like, there's no way it's going to happen but screw it. I would rather be outside than sitting on the couch. And then I end up killing a turkey, man. And that's, there's, there's an yeah. old saying that one of my guy I work with old timer I work with says, and he always like, you can't kill him from the couch, man. If that's not, if that didn't get proven true for me this year, then I don't know what did. Yeah. I think if I, ha- I'll be honest, like if I had cell service, I probably would have been like, you know what? Uh, let me go back to the lodge, sit on my phone or something like that. Make a TikTok dance. I don't know. But like, because I don't, I'm like, I got nothing better to do. What am I going to do? Just I, I can drink beer here. I don't care. All right, so Bobby. I, if you start I, making uh, TikTok dances in the turkey blind, I'm, I'm not going to have any more turkey podcasts with you. 
Uh, I don't know, man. I, luckily for you, <laughs> just, I get banned every other week on TikTok, so you'll, you'll, you're lucky on that one. I probably would. I mean, I mean Luke, Luke has probably been making TikToks and reels and Instagrams and selfies and in the deer stand since we were 18. Me and Perry used to give him so much shit. <laughs> That's great. So then I'm getting ready now. Back in my seat, I'll say it. I'm back there. I, I'm get. I got my gun up. And I'm kind of on like the side of the blind a little bit. So I'm looking and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get a good shot on this. So I'm on the one leg back in my chair, leaning as best I can. I got my gun ready and then sure as shit, I lean over a little bit and pop one shot. That bird didn't even flop one freaking wing. I mean, he was only 20 yards away, if that. So I, I then at that moment dropped my gun, cheer of joy I couldn't have been. I was happy as can be because I was like, ah, oh, man, I can't believe it. Then we get get the turkey, get him ready, bring him back to the lodge. We look at the clock, 10 a.m. on the dot. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? We both just look at each other. We couldn't believe it. We're like, it's 10 a.m., man. We manifested our own turkey. Manifested so, yeah, the turkey. I am a manifester all the time now. I mean, I've been trying it for other things right now. It hasn't gone so good because maybe I've just used up all my manifestation. I don't know how that works yet. Still, still trying it out on that one. So we'll see how it goes. That's phenomenal, man. Did he come in silent? You said that they weren't gobbling at all that day. Did he? And he never gobbled. I didn't hear one gobble in four days. That's how man. quiet the woods have been up there. I couldn't believe it. And That's. That's depressing turkey hunting, but it worked out, dude. And that just goes to show that like being patient and just sticking it out there, man, it can still come together. Yeah. I mean, we're in two hours away from closure up there too. And I'm like, there's no way, man. I haven't heard one gobble. I was out. I was like, there's no, I'm done. I'm like, I can't believe this. I'm coming back empty handed. Uh, I was like, I was just like, I can't believe it, man. I'm really not going to get the turkey right now. So very happy he came in. Yeah, we were stoked for you, man. I was—I know how bad you wanted that to happen, yeah, I and I was stoked it. when I saw the picture. That was awesome, man. I actually ate them for dinner tonight. Did you? Nice. What'd you yeah. do? Uh, so I did like Italian seasoning on them with like a little mushroom risotto and grilled peppers. It was, it was pretty fancy, but it was still on a paper plate, so it, was, <laughs> it wasn't too fancy. There you go. There you go. It's a good litmus test. Awesome, man. Caleb. Why don't you tell us about your stories from the Turkey Woods? So mine pretty much starts off. My friend up in Kansas, he texted me. He said, hey, I've got some turkeys moving up here. You need to get up here. So I said, well, you're about four hours away. I'll load up the truck. I'm heading up. So I shoot up there, get there about 1230. He goes, you want to hit it today? I said, let's go out there. We have nothing to lose. I'm up here for a couple days. And, uh. We grab the blind, we start walking in, and he's mentoring me because I hadn't gone on a turkey hunt in several years. And he said, I'm going to teach you some stuff that I've picked up over the years. I said, I'll take whatever you can get. And he starts touching on like what Bobby said about the crows while we're walking up to the field where he's been seeing some of these turkeys. And we take about 15 minutes to close about 50 yards we're just taking it slow and finally get up to the field nothing's out in it we set up the blind i'm setting up the blind getting the seats ready he's setting up some decoys and we get situated and we're just kind of talking five minutes pass hen walks out into the field 
and we both look at each other and just like, is this happening right now? Right after her, Tom walks out, quiet, so he starts chirping at him, just trying to get something. And he's about 250 out in the field, and he starts making a turn towards the decoys. Like, okay, this is going to be a 30-minute hunt, and I'm never going to hear the end of it from any of my relatives because they always say that I'm the biggest luck that there is when it comes to hunting. And I was like, this is not how this is going to go down. So we call him in. He gets to about 70, and he's full fan, coming in slow. We can hear him drumming. And I'm getting excited, like, this is going to be first turkey up in Kansas and first one with a bow. He's on a beeline. And kind of like what Bobby was talking about with the decoys, I think the decoys hung him up that day. He got to 60. He didn't like something. He stayed there for about five minutes, didn't move, but was still puffed up. And then just makes an about face and takes up the hill. About 10 minutes after he's gone, another hen comes down, but nothing follows her. And then we stayed there for about 30 more minutes, and we hear him gobbling up in the trees after some crows started calling at him. So we decide that we're going to a different location on the properties, leave the blind up, set it up for next morning if we don't find any other birds so we go to the other location it's quiet i've made a blind in the cedars turn behind me and there's a giant den that something has made in this cedar behind me and i just look back there i'm like we're about 30 yards apart i'm going to take out of this cedar like my hair is on fire and the guy that i'm hunting with is going to be like what just happened but luckily nothing came up behind me in that den and avoided making a new 40 record. But, uh, so we finished that hunt, nothing, nothing at all came out in that field. So we just kind of regrouped and said, blinds up, we'll get up early in the morning. We'll head down there. And so we got up early, headed down there. Daybreak starts to go. So we start calling nothing's responding up in Kansas this time. And he said, I think it's the weather. I think it's hold on. They're just quiet. And then just shortly after 630, we hear a gobble across the road. And then we start hearing some of the hens in their roost about 100 yards to the north of us start chirping. And then we started hearing them fly down from the roost and we're like, okay, they're coming out into the field just like yesterday. But we added one more decoy, which helped us this time. They all come out of the roost. They all take the same line that the hen and the tom did the day before. And there's one bird that is sprinting across the field, getting up the hill. And we can tell that there's a beard on it and we're just looking at each other like, okay, there was a, bearded hen because it's showing no interest in any of the hens that just came from this roost. And about 
And five minutes later, here he comes down from the hill. And we were anticipating that he was a young bird, wasn't trying to show dominance, wasn't calling, wasn't trying to come straight into the decoys. He makes a long loop around, and about that time, three jakes started coming straight to the decoys. And that's when he finally decided that he was going to show who was boss and come in front of the blind. And where I was sitting in the blind, I couldn't see anything to my right. So I had lost sight of the bird, and the guy that was with me, he started saying 35 steps, 25 steps. And then... I don't know how fast that bird was going in that 25 steps, but he barely uttered the words and he was puffed up in front of the blind at about eight yards. So I'm just there with my bow, just ready, waiting for him to make that turn. And he finally turned just enough, drawed, put it on the shoulder, pop him. And then of course he's flopping arrows in him. He's expiring. And the three Jakes are just all just walking straight around them, clucking. I'm like, why can you not be this stupid when you're older and just come in front of the blind like that? Did uh did those Jakes flog him as he was expiring there? Was were they uh, attacking him? Because I've seen a lot of times that uh other turkeys will often other male turkeys will often attack the uh turkey that's been shot did that happen at all there that was actually what i was waiting to start happening because i had heard the same they didn't act like they wanted any part of them they just kind of looked at them and they kind of made some noises at them but they didn't try to be an aggressor towards them gotcha that sounds like a pretty uh adrenaline packed day man it, and it it also, was. awesome on a bow kill dude that's something that you know i've killed one animal with a bow in my life, let alone a turkey. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I forgot you killed it with a bow. That's badass. Got this. Here's my new setup that I didn't get to break in during whitetail season here in Oklahoma. So got to actually put it to use before the deer season. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. That's freaking sweet. Hoping your, uh, hoping your buddy was stoked for you, right? Oh, he was. And of course he was like, we're not telling anybody back at camp before we get there and we'll take all the pictures. I'll post it on my page first and then we'll tell everybody. Uh, I didn't realize how big of a bird he was. We aged him at about a three-year-old. He was 31 pounds. Holy crap. We hung him up and we both looked at each other and he looked at me because I carried him probably 150 yards to the truck and he said, did that feel like 31 pounds? I said, well, it's starting to get there when we started to get close to the fence. <laughs> 31 pounds, man. That is a tank, dude. That's that a big old talk- bird. I had him reweigh it a couple times because I like, that ain't right. That's awesome, man. That thing's a beast. That's freaking sweet. It's funny what you said about being a lucky hunter. That's what uh, Luke calls Evan. Yeah, but Luke's just pissed off that he's a shitty hunter, and so he just calls me a lucky hunter because I kill more animals than him. <laughs> <laughs> he'll get nah, a kick he, out of that no nah, there's there's been several seasons where he's killed more more animals than me but that's because i was deployed so <laughs> that's sweet well congrats caleb that's awesome man that sounds like quite the story i sure haven't killed him with a bow but 
man, I would love to. That's on the short list for sure. All right, let's move. Uh, let's keep moving west. Keep going west, Seth. Why don't you yeah, uh, introduce yourself? Tell us, tell us kind of where you're at. You're hunting a totally different subspecies of turkey, man. So set yeah, the stage I'm for us. The, out here on the western slope of Colorado, chasing the Miriam's turkey, and uh, man, they're they're in so many different environments out here. You can hunt them on ag, or you can mountain hunt them. So I like to mountain hunt them. Everybody's gonna get mad at me for saying this, but it it makes it sort of like hunting an elk, even though that everyone hates to hear that. So I definitely enjoy getting out there after him on it. And uh, I am the opposite on the size of the bird for me. This is the littlest turkey I have ever killed this year. So, but yeah, it's, um, man, I don't know if you guys back East have had it, but it has been the windiest spring out here. And it has just been a nightmare to try to hear turkeys gobble in the morning. Um, and like finally got a good day right at the end of April. And where I hunt, you kind of, I can access it from town, but uh, the roads around here, the forest service roads, they get gated in the winter to minimize damage to them. So a lot of them, the gates don't open till May on some of the, the lower country, uh, June for the higher country. And the area that I was hunting, the gate's still closed. So you got to have a ATV that's 50 inches or less to access the property up there, the forest service. And this year they even went a little bit further and like blocked off a section to where you can just jump back onto the gravel road. So it added like a 20 minute full on off road trip to get back into this area on top of the normal 20 minutes. So it was almost like an hour to get back in here where these turkeys are. And drove back there that morning and I, I previously hunted there earlier in the spring and I knew that there were some other turkeys up in there. So I got up in there and parked for daylight and started uh, kind of going towards the north side of the area. And I got, I don't know, half a mile or so away from the side by side. And I heard one just super faint gobble, sounded like he was back on the other side of the road. So went right back past where I had parked that morning and went out there and I was hitting the crow call and they weren't answering or anything. And if you listen to the Turkey tips episode, I talked about making sure your gun was loaded, failed to do that this morning when I was out hunting again. So really going to stop doing this and I'm walking <laughs> out through there and I'm thinking I'm still quarter mile away from these birds. And I was just getting ready to kind of, all right, I'll go ahead and get my gun loaded and everything. And he gobbles. I bet he's less than 50 yards in front of me. I dropped down on a knee. And I mean, I could see him just walk past. I'm like, oh, great. Don't even have a shell in the gun at all. So I let him get out there, get the gun loaded, kind of crab walk over to a tree and get set up and call. And he comes back in, but he's very wary of it. I think he kind of saw me. So they, the rest of the flock was already headed the opposite direction. So he kind of went and caught up with them out through there. And I, I stayed back, but I could tell they weren't coming in. And so I started following in that direction. And I didn't realize this until I was on my way back, but I had covered like a mile and a half following these turkeys that morning down through this canyon. And there's still snow drifts that are like, I was stepping through and dropping all the way up to my waist in the snow up there 
And I get down, I get set up, and I can tell they're just down below me. And I'm calling, and I don't even know where the one I shot came from because all of a sudden I started hearing some putting back behind me. He was trying to figure out where I was. And he made a full, not a 360, but he went from like 3 o'clock to like 11 o'clock on me. And he's got to be the dumbest turkey I've ever seen because he's standing behind me. And at this point, I am looking at this turkey. I'm like, this is a gobbler, but I do not see a beard on this thing. So I let him go. He walks past me on my left. Still not seeing a beard on him. He goes out of sight. I start calling just a little bit again and boom, gobble right there. And he didn't come back up in sight for a little while. And I kind of quit calling. I was giving up on him. I was going to chase the one that was further down. And all of a sudden he's right there in front of me. And at this point, I was like, you know, I'm going to call and see if that's him gobbling. Cause I cannot see a beard on this thing. And I call and he gobbles and then he is just going nuts. I, he probably gobbled five, six times in front of me. And I'm still like, I have no idea. He's got no beard on him. So eventually I, I let him get behind a tree. And this should be another tip for me. So I grab, I, I was wearing binoculars. So this turkey is at 30 yards and I'm up there, like crouch down, get my binoculars out there. See the beard. He's got like a two or three inch beard sticking out on him. So at that point, he could see me. I'm like, just drop the binoculars real quick and pull up and shoot. <laughs> so is this the same turkey you're having all these interactions with? It's the same one who oh, came yeah. up behind you? I called him in three times. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I was sitting there and I was like, I'm not going to. Even after I saw the beard, I was like, I'm not going to shoot him. He's just a yeah. jig. I'm not going to shoot him. And then like in the back of my head, I can hear my wife being like, you had a turkey in range and you didn't kill it. Cause it's probably been like three or four years. I had the turkey last year at 15 yards. My gun didn't go off. So turkeys have been my absolute kryptonite. She gives <laughs> me hell about it all the time. So. <laughs> Bro, I've never met you in person, but I'm starting to pick up on a pattern here. <laughs> <laughs> recurring theme that's funny it's all about the interaction too like i shot i shot a spike once up in dahlonega when i was deer hunting no intention of ever shooting a spike but the interaction that we had was i don't know it was so unique and so personal i was like damn i kind of feel like we 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 earned this one like this is <laughs> this is a tough son of a gun for a spike and uh so you know no, no, not knocking it at all for shooting a, for sh- shooting a little bearded Jake coming from the Jake killer himself. So, <laughs> yeah. And I was just about to say, man, definitely, definitely don't, I, I would be super proud of that Turkey too. Cause I mean, Carter and Perry and I had this conversation early on in the season at Turkey camp. Like, you know, I haven't killed enough turkeys to where I am going to be like super selective. Now I'm not going to ambush a Jake, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, I don't really, I'm not going to get into my opinions on reaping, you know, walking behind a fan and all that, but like, I would never do that on a Jake or anything. I probably would never do that period. But, you know, I, for me, I haven't killed enough birds that if to where I would pass up on a Jake, I would, I'll probably shoot any Jake that I call in, you know, if he wants to gobble like a Tom, if he wants to strut like a Tom, like, you know what, that's just as fun to me. Get shot like a Tom. Yeah, exactly, man. Like it's. (laughs) 
<laughs> Dude, the reason turkey hunting is so obsessive, in my opinion, and so addictive is because for those interactions, you know what I mean? Like what other animal can you call in three times? You know, what other animal can you literally have a dialogue with and like toy with and play with and have that, that little game that you ultimately win. I think that's why like a, a lot of the old timer Turkey hunters, man, they don't even kill turkeys anymore. They just call them in. They just like the interaction. They like playing that game with them and winning that game and having them in shotgun range. And then they let them walk. And I think, dude, I think that's like, dude, I, I would have smoked that Jake too, for sure. I was just going to say, I, I think the only reason he was somewhat dumb enough on this too was I upgraded my decoys finally. I, I'm an East Coast boy. So I was just with the normal decoys. I finally upgraded to the Miriam's decoy out here. And I think that actually made him stick around because he could see that turkey there. And the wind was blowing enough that it was moving around just a little bit. So I think that really helped. Yeah, I was going to say, man, I, you know, it's so true that you guys say that. Like, uh, I seen one guy when he was working a call, an old timer, he actually walked a hen. He's like, watch this. I'll make her go left. Watch this. I'll make her go right. I- I've never seen anything like it. And I'm like, man, these guys like got these tricks up their sleeves. I don't know if you guys have ever played around with a hen like that. I'm not comfortable with a call to do that. But I, I was like, this is like watching a hen do the electric slide right now in the field. And this guy's just calling back and forth. I, uh, I definitely never walked one like that, but I had a really fun encounter with a hen this year. And um, if y'all don't, if y'all don't follow Matt Dale, Dale Outdoors, I think it's Matt Dale. It's definitely Dale Outdoors on YouTube. He's this just good old boy, Southern boy, turkey expert. And he gives like turkey seminars and everything. And like I've been telling y'all, I'm obsessed with any and all thing turkeys. And I spent hours on YouTube watching turkey hunting and turkey tips and all that before the season, during the season, after the season dream about it but um he was talking if, if you ever get a hen to start responding to your calls keep going until she wants to call it quits he said that he talks about how that is the best way to bring in a gobbler is two hens bickering essentially and if you can if you can get a hen fired up like that and super vocal that ultimately happened to me and you know you cut him off and it's probably a mature hen that doesn't appreciate another hen in her area. And, you know, she's basically bitching at her. And uh, my girlfriend and I were out hunting and for probably 30 minutes, we just sit by every time the hen would yelp or cut, I would just yelp and cut right on top of her and I would just piss her off. And she got closer. I never ended up seeing her through the thick stuff, but she was close and we just went back and forth and dude, it worked It fired up a bunch of turkeys. Now granted, they never, they never came in. They were on the neighbor's property. Um, but I mean, we were, we were getting a lot of gobbles in response to me and this other hen just bickering back and forth. So it's, I think there's a lot of merit to that, Bobby. Yeah. Talking over the hens. That's exactly what I was doing that morning. The hens over the hill, man, they were yelping every time she'd yelp, I'd yelp, cut her off. And I think that's what got that Jake so intrigued to come in and just wouldn't leave. Yeah. I mean, what guy on the planet, if they hear two girls fighting, isn't going to stick their head out a window and look, you know what I mean? So it's the same, <laughs> it's the same principle, right? That, that Tom yeah. Turkey's like, Oh, a girl fight. hundred <laughs> percent, man. It's a good strategy. I love it. Well, congrats, Seth. That's awesome, man. We all have uh big dreams of heading out there and hunting Miriam's one day too. I know it's all Evan can think about, but congrats, man. That's sweet. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah, for sure. 
Is that your first Merriam's turkey, or I'm sure you've killed more? No, it's um, I've killed. I think it's my second or third now. So should be a whole lot more, but yeah. <laughs> if you can just remember to load that gun, you know that's it's uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Evan, why don't you round us out with your uh, your final success, your your crowning achievement, your your hat trick here? Yeah, man. So it uh, it kind of it kind of goes along with my whole turkey season, um, and like I was talking about earlier, how it was one of those days where I didn't expect anything to happen, but I was just out there. I honestly was doing more walking and scouting than I was really hunting. Um, it was a super wet day. Um, they weren't really gobbling a lot. There were some gobbles off the property. Um, so kind of a funny story. I hunted all morning. Um, didn't have hardly any luck. Talked to a few that weren't really interested. I think they gobbled on the tree on the roost. Um, but they had hens with them. Never, never really interested in me. And I went back to the cabin for lunch and, uh, made a sandwich, had a little lunch beer and got sleepy. And I was like, they were supposed to thunderstorm it from one to two. And it was like 12, 15. And I was like, well, I'm just going to sit here on the porch and take a little 45 minute nap, set my alarm and then sleep through the rain and wake up and hunt after the rain. Cause that's usually some pretty good Turkey hunting after a springtime afternoon shower. And I'm not kidding, man. I uh, take my boots off and throw my feet up on the couch on the porch. And I hear a gobble. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not napping. And so I throw everything back on and I go I go chase this bird. And he was in a damn hurry. I don't know what this bird was doing. And Carter can attest to this. Some of these mountain birds in Appalachia, man, they get to where they want to be somewhere and they're moving. I don't know if he was moving towards a hen that he had heard, but he was gobbling up on the ridge, Carter, where you shot your Jake. Um, and he walked plum, I mean, he walked half a mile, if not more, off our property to a neighbor's property. He crossed the road, crossed four fences, and then hung out up on an apple tree. And I ended up watching him, and he sat up there and gobbled his head off, or was responding to my calls. But, I mean, he was moving away from me, essentially, at this point. And I'm kind of kind of chasing him and calling him. And he's responding to my calls, but he never, he never came my direction. So... We went back and forth for a while. I mean, two hours I hunted that bird and then I was already out at that point and the rain never, it, it, it sprinkled on me, but nothing bad. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to stay high. And, uh, I was, I walked up there, Carter, to that blind I built up that way, that trail, just walked real slow, man. and was just locate, trying to locate one. Nothing really happened. Got up behind the cabin and, uh, struck one up on the neighbor's property. Same thing. He's you know, 500 yards away. I can see him strutting on the edge of a field. It's drizzling rain again at this point. And he's, he's gobbling and responding to me. I honestly just sat down with my binos and just watched him. And it's one of those days where I was just having fun watching him and I didn't think anything of it. And he ended up moving out and then got quiet. I was like, well, I'm just gonna, it's later in the evening at this point. And I'm like, I'm just gonna hunt my way back. And, uh, see if I can roost one for the morning, you know, maybe see one moving towards a roost spot. That way I know something. And I was just walking real slow and this could be another tip. Um, maybe I should say for tips episode, but I'll just throw it out now is man. It's, it's, I know we kind of talked about it in deer hunting episodes, but when you're walking in the woods, glass in front of where you're walking and, uh, it, it panned out for me. I was just moving real slow. I wasn't in a hurry. And every five, 10 steps, I was just glassing in front of me, basically. 
and I got to the, uh, I, was, I came out of the edge of the woods. There was a grown up fence row and I just glassed out in this uh, field. It's kind of down there below the cabin Carter, honestly, right next to the Creek. And uh, I was just glassing and saw a bird. That is exactly what that old timer that I was hunting with when we were heading up to that field, he would glass about every two steps and he made sure that he was looking through the whole field just to make sure he didn't miss a bird out there. Yeah, man. And how many times have y'all been hunting, pick a species, it doesn't matter. And you're walking and you look down to try to avoid stepping on a stick. And then you look up and you see a white tail flag running, or you see a turkey moving off through the woods or you're squirrel hunting. You see a squirrel run up a tree and you're like, dude, if I just would have had my head up for that two steps, or if I would have stopped glass, I mean, it's happened to me several dozen times. And I was just real intentional about my movements on this. And I wasn't in a rush at all and it, and it worked out. And so I saw this, uh, I was actually glassing kind of in front of me. And I dropped my binos and I just kind of turned my head and I see a shape. And, you know, I've grown up on this piece of property, so I know every bush and every rock. And I saw a shape that I didn't recognize. And I turned and I saw the that, you know, that real slick sheen of a turkey. And the, the sun was kind of peeking out some, from some clouds and it, the turkey was wet and it just really popped. And I threw the binos up on it and I saw it was a jake. And I was like, well goes back to what we were talking about. You know, if I called this Jake in, I would have shot it, but I wasn't going to try to ambush this Jake or anything like that. So I just sat down and I was going to watch it. And I was really well hidden behind this growing up fence row. I had good camo in front of me. You know, I had a bush right here in front of my eyes. So only my eyes up was showing and I was glassing and I would freeze if he turned towards me. And then uh, I was just going to watch him and see where he went. And then I see another turkey come out as a hen. Then I see another turkey come out. It was a hen. Then I see a big red head come out. I was like, okay, we're in the game. But because I wasn't planning on hunting these birds, I wasn't really ready for a Tom to be there. And I didn't, I was on the backside of this fence row. And I was like, I, I didn't really know how to hunt this bird. Um, with the exception of get low and just try to yelp and call him over. But I didn't think it would work um, because he had two hens with him. And a little backstory is Perry and I had saw this bird previously on the weekend prior and he was strutting in the field after a rainstorm and he had that same Jake with him. I'm assuming it's the same Jake, but it was definitely the same bird. And the reason I know that is because of the beard and it was a very unique beard. It was a, he was a, and I'll get into this after I finish the story, but he was kind of a very odd Turkey, um, but unique, you know, very easy to tell that it was him. And so I just, had the idea of like, well, I got decoys here. Maybe I can use that to my advantage. And I uh, painted my Jake decoys head white. And I know that can kind of piss off a, a dominant Tom or a mature bird. And so what I did is I just moved to the edge of the fence row where it kind of came to a natural stop. And there's a little clump of bushes there. And I just put my, uh, I just put my, uh, Jake decoy out in that bush and I'm laying on my belly in the prone and I just set my Jake decoy out in that bush to where they could see it. But I waited in, to move until they were all heads down or facing away. So then I laid right next to that Jake decoy in the prone. And then I put the hen decoy as far as I could reach basically right in front of me. And at one point I literally had my shotgun barrel resting on the hen decoy. 
So, you know, earlier I said, I don't really believe in reaping. This might be considered, you know, I mean, I was literally laying behind a decoy. It's kind of, kind of similar, I guess. In my mind, I justified it. I don't, I don't consider it the same because I didn't, you know, I didn't walk up on these birds, but I just, after I got set up, I just covered my face real well. Got my shotgun over there next to me and I just made some soft yelps. Um, and those heads poked up as soon as I yelped and they looked over and they saw that Jake. And I don't know if they saw the hen cause the hen, I, I wasn't able to put it on its stand. So it was just literally laying on the ground in front of me. Um, and I'm laying in the prone and, uh, sure enough, man, they start moving towards me. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And they're at, they're at 110, 130 yards at this point and give them a minute. I yelp again. And then that gobbler, pow, he fires off on me. And I'm like, okay, we're in the game. So the hens disappear, but they're facing me and they start moving. So all four of these birds start moving. And uh, sure enough, man, they come right in on me. And it's one of those moments, hindsight. And when I was telling uh, that last turkey story, Carter, from that second bird I killed, talking about how I wish I would have got my phone out, but you never think about it in the moment. This would have been one of those to have on film that just would have been amazing man because this this gobbler it it just worked out so perfectly because he walked all the way over strutting and drumming at 10 yards and man i waited until he dropped strut and he poked that head up and periscoped and just popped him and like bobby said he didn't flop once man he was dead when he hit the ground and it was amazing you know it was it was the, the i think it was the closest encounter i've ever had killing a turkey um but i don't think i'd had one ever come in at 10 yards before. And it was, it was phenomenal. It was one of those days. Again, I just had, I did not expect it at all. I was, you know, I was moving back to the cabin to call it a day and they were just out in the field there. Yeah. But just curious, man, what, what gun and choke were you using? Do you know, or. Yeah, I do. It's a, it's a Stoger M35. Um, and it's just the Turkey choke that comes with it, the standard. I was planning on upgrading chokes for Turkey season. It was one of those things that I never got around to. It's just a, it, it doesn't get much more of a stock gun than that. I mean, I bought it, that gun on sale from Cabela's, I think. Um, it's just a, just your very typical baseline turkey gun, man. Just a Stoger M35 with a, I think it's a 26 inch barrel and a, the stock turkey choke in it, iron sight with a bead. I'm just curious because personally, I, I had like I had a bunch of options I could have gone with. I always go with my 870, and I always say, you know what? It's just my turkey gun. It, it's the it's the turkey killer, man. It's just literally old faithful that you can't break. That thing yeah. just iron beads out, and I haven't, I haven't missed yet. Knock on wood. That thing's yeah. been in there for a while. I, I really like this gun a lot. I will say it's got a really long barrel. It might even be a 28 inch barrel now that I'm thinking about it. Like it, it doesn't fit in the safe in the rack. I have to like prop it up on the edge and lean it kind of towards the door. If that makes sense to get it in my gun safe. Um, oh, it's so long. And so I'm, I'm a, I love the gun. It's done well for, I've never missed a Turkey with it. Perry's missed three with his. He's got the same identical gun, you know, but <laughs> so that just lucky hunter <laughs> yeah or he just can't shoot for shit you know <laughs> but um yeah man it's a it's a baseline gun i'm thinking about getting a new gun um just with a shorter barrel just because that that long barrel kind of does get obnoxious especially i'm sure y'all have had this happen they start coming in and you think they're going to come in one way and then they come in 10 degrees off that line but they're in shotgun range so just moving that that two foot can really change 
there can really be a lot of drastic movement and that longer barrel, you know, moving it around brush and stuff. I, I think I would like to get a little shorter barrel gun, but. Yeah, I can't wait till my kid's old enough that I can justify a 410 for for her, but I really want it for me with these. Uh, I'm hearing guys killing them with that, and I'm like, man, that sounds like so much fun to just have that yeah. little gun out there. Did y'all see that video of that guy shooting one flying? And again, it's not. I don't think I'll ever take a shot on one flying, but the dude pops one out of the air. He jumps it up, and it flies, and he shoots it with a 410 and drops it. Yeah, I was just going to say that, actually, before you said that. That's actually pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a good turkey season, man. I did not I did not come into this turkey season expect to tag out, and I I, it, I almost had guilt killing that turkey because I knew Perry was coming up the following weekend, which he didn't end up being able to because his whole family got COVID. But I was, I sent that picture to the group chat card and I almost had guilt because it's like I sent the picture and I was like I tagged out <laughs> and. I was like, fuck, man, Perry hasn't even killed one yet. I kind of feel bad, especially because <laughs> he hunted this exact bird. You know, we saw it, like I said, the weekend yeah. prior, and he went and set up on it and never ended up coming out. But it was That's a turkey hunting, man. That's how it yeah. goes. But, okay. man, let me get y'all's opinion on this bird. So I was talking to one of my buddies who's a pretty experienced turkey hunter, and I even asked him, I was like, Is it, was this a Jake, man? And he and he told me to describe it to him. And the, and the turkey fan, it's a full fan. It's not a half fan, but the beard – was only a seven inch beard and it was really thin and then its spurs weren't very long either but the turkey's head was extremely bright he was strutting he was goblin the beard was a seven inch beard but his spurs were just you know how like a jake spurs are rounded like they don't have the point really his spurs were like that um and it just threw me off he was a he was a i mean i got his beard right here I'll show. I, I bet you, you it was a Tom. My, yeah. mine, mine actually was like a four-year-old, and they were a little rounded too. It's not. It wasn't as pointy as I thought. Maybe, maybe something in the water right this year. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know the I know the listeners can't see this, but I'm holding up the beard, and you can see this is the second one I killed, and this is a ten-inch beard right here, and you can see the difference. This is the one I'm talking about. This is a the little seven-inch. Yeah. You see how thin it is too. But it doesn't I just have, like how you had to have, say the second one, so you had to rub it in that you got two <laughs> real quick. So that was just your intro to say, oh, yeah, look at me. I got two beards in my hand here. There's a third one. I don't have any more hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That wasn't intentional. but It just threw me off, man. It was super weird. I, like, I, I kind of thought it was a Jake at first when I saw it spurs, and I felt bad for killing a Jake. And then, but I don't know. Hey, it was a heavy bird, too. Jake. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's just, some of us have to take what we can get around here. Well, the reason I would I wouldn't have felt bad, you know, killing a Jake if it would have been my first one. But again, like I say, I didn't want to I didn't want to kill a Jake after killing two already. You know, I would have felt bad about that with, you know, especially since Perry hadn't killed one yet. <laughs> For sure, man. Yeah, well, this is this is awesome, man. This is I I like hearing y'all's stories of success you know, even more so just as much as my own, you know, I get, I get fired up when other guys are killing turkeys or killing big deer just as much as myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, man. I could sit here and listen to y'all tell. I think I was smiling more when y'all were telling your stories than I was during mine. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So this is a, uh, this has been a good culminating tragic for, for some of us, Evan, maybe, but, uh, good culminating discussion on the 
wrapping up turkey season here and ending on a high note with uh, four successes from you guys. So congrats. You know, you guys uh, should definitely be proud of that. Are, are you guys all done? Everybody's season's over? Am I the only one with still a week left? Seth? We we run till the end of May out here. I may go try to call a bird in for a buddy this weekend. There you go. There you go, man. Heck yeah. But yeah, but yeah Bobby, we're, we're closed out in Virginia. I'd, hindsight, I should have bought some some licenses and tags for some other states within driving distance to extend my turkey season. But I, I didn't expect to tag out in Virginia. You know, I expected to be hunting hard until the end of the season and I tagged yeah. out the weekend prior to. So we kind of, kind of get it next year. Get a tag for PA, come up a little bit more and we'll, we'll get you up this way too. Dude, I will, man. That would, that'd I, be a blast. We'd come up yeah. for sure. I think um, um, let's go. Oh, let's I'm, get it, man. I'm really looking at Maine too, man. Like supposedly the Northeast, like Maine, Massachusetts has a very underrated uh, turkey population. Maybe we shouldn't put that out on the podcast because everyone's going to head head to the Northeast. Yeah. <laughs> and we just hotspotted all of Maine and we're done. Yeah. I'm just kidding. There's no turkeys up there. <laughs> no crows either. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. They're all in Alaska. Go to Alaska to turkey hunt for all you listeners. That's right. That's right. Head to Alaska. Yeah, guys. Well, this has been great. Really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to jump on here. Um, you know, let's just go around the horn here, see if anybody has any closing thoughts and tell us where uh, we can find you on Instagram. Bobby, why don't you kick us off? Sounds good. So closing thought that we proved in countless episodes is you don't need to have the best of the best gear out there. You don't need to be in full-blown Sitka. You don't need to have the greatest gun ever. Just get out into the woods. Get a gun that shoots and fires. That is loaded. That is the key on that one. And, uh, yeah, just have some fun. And, and be patient because, like I said, I sat out there for three days just twiddling my thumbs watching hens walk. But you'll, it'll be there eventually. Just never give up. And you can always find me on the greatest Instagram ever of Bobby Light. Going to do you right. It's Bobby underscore Light. God. Man, I love that every time. Every time. <laughs> you, you're you going to sing it every time after the podcast. <laughs> I am, man. I love that. I love that. What about you, Caleb? What you got for us? Mine would probably be check your equipment and don't overlook the little things. It wasn't till I killed my turkey that I thought about how light of a color my bow was in the dark blind. I was like, I got really lucky that they didn't spot that from across the field. And uh, so always have somebody kind of check you out on that side of things. And you can find me on Instagram at CSP underscore 43. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, that's a really good point. I love that. I think you, me, Bobby, and one of Evan's turkeys, we all killed ours out of blind. So that's that's always something to be cognizant of, especially with something that sees that well. What about you, Seth? What you got for us? Um, it's just a whole different world out here. So I'm going to say cover ground because the Miriams move it's like crazy. They don't sleep in the same tree at night, it seems like. And yeah, cover lots and lots of ground. So. And you can find me on Instagram at the Adventure Rock. Awesome, man. Yeah, be sure to go give Seth a follow, guys. Very avid outdoorsman. I, uh, you know, I just tracked you down while we were recording this. And I was taking a deep dive on your Instagram, man. It's it's impressive. Killed some really nice deer. <laughs> a little envious. And hopefully, Evan and I can get out there one day and uh, chase some Miriams with you, man. Yeah, come on, man. 
And Evan, what do you got for us? Close us out. Yeah, man, I guess the thing I would say is uh, to quote my my buddy again is you can't kill him from the couch, man. So on those days when it's slow and you're not hearing you're not hearing gobbles, just stick it out <clears throat> if you can and take you a nap in the woods, enjoy nature, enjoy being out there, and you never know what's gonna what's gonna come in silent, especially turkey hunting, dude. It's it's one of those things that I I said it earlier and I'll I'll close out with it. You know, it's every one of my birds this year I killed, I killed on a day or a time that I did not expect to even see one, let alone strike one up and walk away carrying a turkey over my shoulder so can't kill him from the couch man 100 percent, all great stuff here great stories guys thanks for sharing your success uh listeners damn we appreciate the hell out of you guys we got some good stuff coming up uh with hle so be sure to go give us a follow on instagram at hunt lift eat official um we got some memorial day workouts coming up uh, through Hunt Lift Eat, we got seven days of hero workouts starting with Murph on Memorial Day, uh, May thirtieth. So you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna stay hydrated, as my buddy Bobby does, the the world's greatest water drinker. You're gonna wanna stay hydrated for these for these seven days. But join us on this uh, fitness challenge. Um, come get after it with us, and we're starting with uh, we're starting with Murph. Um, so yeah, give us a follow, give us a shout out, give us uh, give us some feedback for the episode. And we will talk to you guys next week.